0: What is going on, Cheap Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got K-Love, you got Stevie P. We're coming at you with another podcast. What's going on, Steve?
1: What's going on, Kev? What's going on, everybody?
0: What's going on, everyone? So, uh, basically, today we're going to get go over uh, a little bit of the preseason and what we saw uh you know over the weekend um a lot of teams sat their starters you know what i mean so not much we're really going to get into with with that but uh then we're going to get into some risers and fallers uh you know with current adp we'll obviously touch on you know a couple of the injuries over the past week because those are certainly going to be some of the risers when it comes to adps um so yeah let's get into it shall we um so, obviously, we can just start with the J.K. Dobbins news. So right off the bat, you know what I mean. Obviously, everybody wants to gravitate towards Gus Edwards. Um, if you've done your draft pre, you know, prior to this uh, this news, you know what I mean, and grab Gus Edwards like I did in our league, um, you're probably jumping for joy right now. Um, you know, the same thing if you grab J.K. Dobbins, you're probably you know. Wiping tears off of your pillow. But, um, so where would you say J- Gus Edwards has now, you know, hopped up to, uh, for in your mind? You know, we remember we do things from a PPR standpoint. Um, you know, Gus Edwards isn't the biggest pass catcher in the world, but I don't think, like, you know, on this team, we talked about it before, like, pass catching running back is not a huge thing for this team. So, you know, Dobbins was like a third-round pick. Where does Gus Edwards fall in line for you?
1: Uh, i probably take Gus Edwards in that range of question mark, guys. I guess uh, I'm trying to see because, like you said, he's not really a pass catcher. So, you know, I mean, Gus Plus is more of like the pounder-grinder guy. So I just don't see his pass catching going up. But they don't really pass to the running back all that much anyway. Um, you know, JK was seeing basically like three targets, maybe a game. And Gus basically was like one a game, if that. So I don't really see that it's going to change all that. Money. I mean, like Tyson Williams is now a guy that they're saying is the number two guy couldn't be drafted. So that's probably what you're going to be looking at. And if you look at, you know, what he did this past weekend, he was four for fifty, you know, four for forty two. He had that one nice big run, uh, you know, up the sideline where, you know, basically two guys drug him down. Uh, you know, a nice big running back that, you know, obviously has some power. And, uh, you know, he had one target in the game. So that makes you feel a little bit better that they, you know, feel confident to give him at least a target. That's <laughs> where, you know, Gus Bus is not going to really see those targets. So I have probably have him in the middle of the fifth, you know, going around guys like, you know, I'll tell you right now. In the fifth round, I probably have him going right probably after Damian Harris, right before Chase Edmonds, because, you know, I think Damian Harris is just a very good running back and Chase Edmonds makes me nervous. So, you know, they're both going around pick five, 10, uh, according to ADP in the fantasy calculator. So I probably have them right in that range of those guys. I mean, Raheem Mostert goes behind them, Trey Sermon. Um, so, you know, I probably have it ranked that way. I might actually have Chase Edmonds lower than those guys, but it'd probably be Damian Harris, uh, you know, Gus Bus, and then Raheem Mostert for me.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, because if you look at ADPs, like, you know, I got Damian Harris a lot higher uh, than, say, Javante Williams or Kareem Hunt who are being drafted before him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Miles You know, Daryl Henderson is another one that, you know, I think both of us would agree we would put Gus Bus ahead of. Mm -hmm. Um, He's being drafted in the middle of the fourth round. Yep. You know, it's all over the place kind of. Um, You know, when it comes to Gaskin, you know what I mean? Gaskin's going to touch the ball a lot, a lot of catches, but we really don't know about his rushing output, his touchdown upside. And, frankly, we really, you know, really – can't be sure that Gaskin's going to stay healthy for a whole year. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, Sanders is another one for me that I've been kind of down on going into this year because just think that they're working kind of as, as a committee more uh, with, you know, we've heard Gainwell's working with the, you know, third down team. We saw Boston Scott put a nasty move on somebody the other day. Jordan Howard is, you know, looking thinner in camp. So, you know, not to say that miles is going is worse than any of those guys, but it's just this team always just worked as a you know as a uh, you know kind of as a committee so you know it, it kind of is interesting for me. I probably would could put Gus probably similar to where you have him um it would probably make him running back number 24 for me because uh, I would put him you know I would put him ahead of hunt. Um, Moster, God, Gordon, you know, all those guys that, you know, we're not really sure how their season's going to go. Moster and Gordon both could lose their jobs at some point to rookies. You know, Henderson for both of us, we just think he's completely, you know, we were comp- he was completely overdrafted for a short period of time, and now he'll wind up. If you got Henderson in, like, the week and a half, two weeks between Akers injury, you know, or you know, and Sony Michelle trade, you know, bad luck for you, but, yep. um, yeah, I would probably, where I would wind up throwing it would probably be around 24. I had Dobbins at 22 anyway, because I wasn't really excited about Dobbins as much because, you know, I, I knew he would be splitting with Gus, but, you know, I just think that, you know, you're ba- I'm basically putting Gus two spots behind Dobbins, you know, because I do think they're going to work with, um you know, Tyson Williams as well. Uh, they may pick up somebody off the wire, you know, Gus, you know, apparently Todd Gurley is not in the mix, which, you know, thank God, but don't be surprised, you know, Mark Ingram, he's definitely a name and, you know, they got a whole stable of running backs in, in Houston that they could afford to lose one. He could go back there. You know, you got some, you know, uh, Latavius Murray's another name that could go back there. Uh, you know, if he gets cut, which is, you know, what they're talking about. So, You know, I definitely think they're going to pick somebody up off the wire or use Tyson Williams, you know, in kind of a secondary role. So I do think that's going to, you know, keep Gus from being like a, you know, a top 15, top 12 type of guy. Yep. Um, you know, so, uh, what else over the weekend happened in these preseason games? I mean, we could talk about it. Well, first off, I'll say, you know, Trey Lance, you know, the whole thing with him and Garoppolo and. You know, Trey Lance working with in the in the read option kind of and coming in and then kind of using a dual quarterback system. That really worked for them um, probably against mostly backups. But, you know, you can just see when Lance is in that game, that is going to really open things up for these these 49ers running backs. And I love that. Like, I, I would honestly be trying to get Mostert and, and Sermon if you could because if Lance comes in, man, that running game is just gonna take off
1: yeah I you know, I mean i I've basically been saying that i I just kind of feel like I feel like the 49ers are are at this point just giving Jimmy Garoppolo his due for you know he the dude did take him to a Super Bowl two years ago so you know I think they're gonna let him start the season as the guy and then eventually he's you know he's gonna lose the job so we'll just see how long that takes he would have to be playing awesome. Lance,
0: Lance apparently has a chip in his finger now, so. Yeah, yeah, he banged he his might, finger he's on He's going to be out for the week and whatever.
1: I mean, yeah, like. He banged like, his finger on the helmet, so. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like I said, I mean, it, it's this is a very good team, and you know, I want pieces of this team. Yep. Other guys that basically, you know, Sam Darnold looked really good. I mean, I was very happy to see the way Sam looked, but obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't play anybody. You know what I mean? So it's really hard to break down basically every one of these games because if the starters did play for one team, they didn't start for the other team. You know what I mean? The Panthers and Pittsburgh are basically a perfect example because – Trevor
0: Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. He was ripping all through the Cowboys
1: bench. You know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It was just a lot of – a lot of teams not playing starters, which was, you know, it is what it is. Like, the Vikings and Chiefs. You know, Pat Mahomes got the first, I believe, two or three drives, and he played for a little while. Um, and the Vikings basically didn't play anybody. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to say. You know, Pitt, the Bills. You know, Josh Allen played the basically the first half, and the Packers didn't start, not a, a starter. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's really hard for me to be like, oh, yeah, Josh Allen looked in absolutely amazing you know when he didn't, didn't wasn't, off, exactly. get back, back in the back backup. exactly when you're playing against second and third string you're supposed to look like that i mean he was almost 200 yards and two touchdowns in that game and he you know he played three series and that three series basically ended in like whatever six minutes left in the second quarter but he basically took him down two scoring drives and, and a field goal drive so you know he played awesome um you know, the Titans and Bears, they actually didn't play anybody either. Like, I don't, it's just, you know, for me, it's hard to talk about any of these preseason games and be like, oh my God. The, you know, yeah.
0: The, but something, another thing and know, Cortland Sutton catches a touchdown in their preseason game. and yeah, it was and good he to see,
1: good. He was moving around good. good
0: to, yeah. Good to see that coming off the ACL and, you know, all the news we were hearing, um, you know, prior to that. Yeah. Um, you know, but like you said, I mean, it's not much really else we can get into from this week because it was too hard to really judge. You know, based off of one team playing starters and another team not. You know, both teams not playing starters. I don't think there was any games where both teams were playing starters that I could remember yeah. from this weekend. So, yep. um, basically, just the news that we uh, that we did. You know, JK getting his. Tearing his ACL, possibly his LCL, which, you know, could be could be a rough recovery for him. Hopefully he gets back next year. Um, but, yeah, if you drafted Gus Bus, hopefully he winds up being the guy and they just keep, you know, Tyson Williams. And that's the running game because that really helps out Gus, I think. And, you know, uh, so, yeah, let's talk about some of the risers and fallers in ADP. Um, so right off the bat, we'll talk about a couple fallers. fallers um, that, you know, guys that were typically first round when this, you know, kind of when this drafting season started and now they're you know, falling a little bit. So we'll go with Saquon and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Saquon is now the t- number 12 pick overall. Jonathan Taylor is number 15. These guys were both, you know, top six picks when, you know, everything started.
1: When, July, uh, when, when drafts really started. You know, yeah, mock yeah. drafting really started becoming a little more. It's normally like beginning of Jan, middle of January, I mean uh-huh. middle of July. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you know, people start doing it, and you know, like Kev said, both those guys were you know six seven basically, or five six. You know, depending on what what uh, format you were playing in. And for me, Saquon doesn't really move that much for me. I mean, I still have Saquon at six overall. Like I'm taking him. Sixth. And then after that, I would take Travis Kelsey. You know what I mean? I feel like the top six running backs are basically the top six. And I felt like I had him low because I had him at six. You know what I mean? Because I think he could finish number one. So, you know, for me, it's it's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, I still got Barkley at four. Um I just think you know, I'm ranking the dude based off of his potential. Um, I'm definitely taking a risk. Um, you know you know, drafting him where I have him because I'm taking him ahead of Zeke and Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones. But I just think his potential is that. And and I'm willing to take a gamble. I know he's coming off the ACL and, you know, year before he had the ankle and everything like that. And it's kind of giving him a little bit of a, Know a dark cloud over his head because you know the last couple years of injury, but go back and look at the the end of his season two years ago. Once he got back from the ankle and got started revving up, he won people leagues at the end of that year. The year before that, his rookie year, he was just he was an absolute monster. So, you know, to me. Yeah, I think if this guy stays healthy, I've said it, you know, if he stays healthy, he to me is the the biggest challenger to Christian McCaffrey of being, you know, in the number one running back if, you know, barring everybody staying healthy. Yeah. um, So, yeah, I, I not much has changed for me in that from that perspective. Taylor has dropped a little bit for me uh, just based off his offensive line news and, you know, his quarterback not being there, which, you know. Doesn't really. I don't really think it affects him too much. I think people are overblowing that because, you know, I understand people can sell out to stop the run, but if offensive, if the offense puts a set, like for instance, they talk about this with Derrick Henry, you know, a guy he was rushing against eight and nineteen boxes. But part of the reason he's rushing against, uh, you know, running against those type of, of for defensive formations with nine guys in the box or eight guys in the box is because they play a lot of two tight end sets. They have a lot of blockers up front. They may have a fullback. And when that's the case, the defense is going to bring everybody in because that's what the offense is setting up to do. So basically, it, it's all about getting a hat on a hat, blocking correctly, opening up holes, and you're running back – you know seeing those holes and running through them in a running game you know and i don't think you know obviously you know quarterback can affect that a little bit if, if they're not good at all but you know to me i i wasn't i i don't think carson wentz not being there was a big thing for taylor i was more worried about quentin nelson and uh you know brian kelly and and all those you know i think there was one eric fisher all those guys being out is was really the thing with me when it came to taylor because you know you definitely need those guys blocking uh if you're going to be a first round pick
1: yep yeah i mean i'm not really worried about jonathan taylor uh especially because now he's going in the second round like i had him at the lower end of the first round and now that you can get him in this in round two you know beginning of round two i'm completely comfortable with that so you know I, I when he was picked seven i was like i don't know and that was even before all those injuries you know what I, mean? I was a little bit nervous but after the injuries then he were like i don't know i probably have met 11 12 right in that range and like you know he's going and you know basically pick 15 overall so you know you're getting him in a spot where you know you should be very I, like right now i have him ranked at ten. Uh, you know, and if you're getting him at 15, you know, mm-hmm. basically that's right where I have him. You know what I mean? I have him basically, you know, right where everybody's drafting him because I just feel like he is basically super safe. Like there's not really – the only guys that I'm taking ahead of him that are not, you know, running backs is Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Stefan Diggs. So really, you know, other than that, there's not really anybody else that I would take over Stefan, you know, over over uh, Jonathan Taylor, and that's kind of where the ADP lands. You know, Najee Harris is going over him, which I don't agree with. So, no. you know, I'm not taking Najee over him. I'm not taking Nick Chubb over him. Um, but basically, I would take Chubb over him. Yeah, I'm not taking Chubb over him. I have Chubb uh, two spots lower. So, you know, uh, but basically, you know, that puts him at 13. So if that puts him at 13, then I kind of feel like, you know, you're getting a pretty good deal getting him at 15. I mean, obviously you're not getting a super steal, but, you know, I, I've taken end of the first, beginning of the second all day long.
0: Um, so moving through the, you know, they were, they were guys in the first round. Second round there really isn't too many fallers, risers, anybody like that. I mean – you know, C.E.H., I guess we can talk about a little bit because I think he was pretty much a third-round guy, mid, you know, middle to early third-round guy. He looks like he's going in the middle of the second now. I think people are people are drafting C.E.H. for the upside 100%. Um, he honestly is not my favorite player to draft. I know you're, a little, you're probably a little higher on him than I am. Um, when I get into that third round, I – You know, and obviously now, like I said, he's going in the second round. But when I get into that area, I hate that area of the draft. And I think I talked about that on the podcast before. Like, like after Joe Mixon, Calvin Ridley, like, to me, everybody else is a third-round pick. You know, Justin Jefferson, third-round pick. Darren Waller, Kittle, third-round picks. DK Metcalf for me is a third-round pick. Um, You know, Mahomes, third-round pick. A.J. Brown... Keenan Allen are questionable for me in the second round. Um, but I just hate the end of that second. Like, I hate the end of the second round if you're in a 12-team league and you have, say, number three pick. Because, yeah, you get Kamara, but that second, to me, the end of that second round is a bunch of third-round picks that you have to you know kind of pick the best out for me. Uh, so, yeah, for me, CEH, like, I still keep him in the third round. I'm not really – high on drafting this guy in like the, the the middle of the second. I know his upside, you know, probably is a first round running back. If, you know, we go back to Andy Reid, you know, Brian Westbrook type of days, which is why I think everybody's so high on him because typically like Damian Har- Damian Williams, you know, and his peak was very good and Kareem Hunt and, you know, Westbrook as I brought up, Shady McCoy, all these guys were, were beasts under with Andy Reid. Um, but this system is just way different with Patrick Mahomes, man. Way different. And I think it's it it's a little it's a little hard for me to see CEH finishing as a second round pick.
1: Yeah, no, I don't really have CEH, you know, I have CEH at 16. You know what I mean? I have so seven, so yeah. yeah. So I I don't have him really high. You know I mean, like I see the potential you know, um, and you probably thought I'd have him a little bit higher because of, you know, our, our – so we do a home league that we've been – I told you guys, we've been together, you know, like seven years doing this league. And um, I took him in the second round, but it's a keeper league, and you're talking about, you know, 36 guys being kept. So there's 36 keepers, you know, three – three each team has three keepers. So I took him in the second round, but, you know, look just looking at it, like – you know, I see the upside in CEH, so I would take him over guys like Jacobs that I told you guys I'm high on and DeAndre Swift and Kareem Hunt just because of the offense he plays in. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be put in scoring positions the way that the Lions are not going to be and the way that the Vegas Raiders are not going to be and the way that, you know, the even, you know, the Jaguars with, you know. James with, Robinson. Yeah, with James Robinson. So I just feel like CEH is you know, higher, but, you know, I have Chris Carson's higher than him, I have Miles Sanders higher than him, and I know a lot of people are, you know, don't agree on Miles Sanders. But like I said, you know, for guys like guys like that for me, Miles Sanders, in my opinion, uh, is a guy with immense upside that people are just kinda sleeping on because they don't realize how good the offensive line of the Eagles is when they're healthy and, you know, how this team is probably gonna have to play catch up ball a lot. So, you know, Miles Sanders is a guy that can catch A lot more balls than I think people are giving him credit for.
0: I completely disagree with that. Completely. Because that's the biggest issue with Miles Sanders right now is that dude can't catch the ball. So, like, I don't know if he's going to be in there on pass. I mean, they're obviously going to use him because he's too talented and they're not going to want to take him off the field as much. But – I don't know if he's necessarily going to be the biggest receiving back in the world because last year, I think he led running backs in drops and you know, this camp was not much different from what we were hearing. So that that's the thing. That's why I think they went out and got Kenneth Gainwell in the draft because they needed a guy who could catch the ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, he didn't lead the league in, in drops. It was actually uh, Alvin Kamara, but you know, I see what you're saying and I get what you're saying, but regardless to that fact, The dude had 28 receptions last year and he missed four games. So if you average that out, basically he's close to 40 receptions last year. I mean, and that was with no offensive line, you know, Carson Wentz who basically refused to throw him the ball period after he'd had that couple of drops in the beginning of the season. And, you know that he was just, let's be honest the eagles were just bad last year they were just very very bad like they were a
0: terrible team
1: yeah they were a terrible team and there was nothing there was nothing to like you know there was really nothing to look forward to on the eagles you know as a as a roster completely so yeah. you know after jalen hurts took over he saw four targets in in uh You know, five targets. I'm sorry. Five targets in the New Orleans game. He saw two targets in the Arizona game, caught one of them. Uh, He had another two targets or six targets against Dallas. So, you know, with Jalen Hurts, my man got targets. (laughs) He was, you know, with Hurts, he got targets. So I don't think that goes away. And I, I don't think. They think he's, you know, not a very good pass catcher. Obviously, you might have some drop issues because, you know, he was second in the league among pass you know, pass catching running backs in drops last year. But, you know, what the numbers tell me, and I know it's a very small sample size, is that Jalen Hurts is going to use him in the passing game. And if Jalen Hurts is going to use him in the passing game, the numbers tell me he's also going to be the, the number one back in the carries. I mean, 20 carries, 18 carries, 13, 11, 9. But then after that, 15, 16, six 10 14 17 and 15 so with jalen hurts it was 14 carries 17 carries 15 carries if you're I, telling me that that this dude's gonna be I almost a 22 touch guy that many carries yeah
0: um, i have to like i just have to. first off it's a completely different coaching staff
1: yeah um, no and i agree
0: completely gear you know <sighs> Completely different coaching staff. That I don't know how much they're going to run the ball compared to what they did last year. I mean, Doug to me didn't run the ball at all. I'm actually surprised that his his running his rushing attempts were that high, considering that Peterson never ran the ball. Yeah. Um,
1: You know, but that's the thing. Like I I look at it like this: like there's a set amount of runs that every team is going to run, unless you're telling me the Eagles are going to be the lowest rushing team in the league, which I highly doubt. Right. Mm. Especially with 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 hurts there and with Miles Sanders dynamic ability out of the backfield. I just don't see how this guy doesn't see at least at the very least 16 to 18 touches a game. Right. Because that's you know, and I get that there's a different coaching staff and I get all that. But I think people are severely underestimating how many touches he's going to get. Like he is not going to go to 12 touches a game. He's not going to be a 14 touch game guy. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be games where he gets that but for the most part, he's going to be a 16 to 18 touch back that people are just completely sleeping on. And I'm cool with that because I've been taking him everywhere. I can get them <laughs> you know, because he's dropping, you know, he's dropping in, in to the, you know, basically I've seen him drop his almost into the fourth round, like end of like far into mean, the third round yeah he's in the fourth yeah, round. yeah fourth round end of the fourth round you know what i mean like he's i've never seen him drop into the fifth i i would jump all over him in the fifth but he's dropping in the end of the fourth round yeah, and yeah. you know getting taken I behind no guys pro- that i'm like no i'm not doing that
0: i have no problem drafting sanders in the fourth round because you're drafting him at that point almost as your second or third running back um you know depending on whether you you know w- what you went early i don't i think that's a good spot for him i mean i think Last year he was like way overdrafted because everybody thought he was going to be fuck he was going to be fucking Superman coming back because he was just so good at the end of his rookie year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, all right, so yeah, we kind of got a little off topic with the mile model- with
1: that. I don't know. Uh, and where I think we people appreciate it, we a uh-huh. little, little bit of a disagreement. I think people like that. So that's cool. Oh, for sure. I just don't know where we. <laughs> <started>. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we we are down in the area. We were actually talking about C E H. So oh, going yeah. into that third round, really, the third round is kind of okay. So there's two guys that yeah, James Robinson has got. We got to talk about. I mean, yeah, I know that's a little high for you.
0: Um, I watched him the other day. He looked a lot. He looked. Thinner to me than what I remember from last year. I could be wrong about that. Um, he just looked a little thinner. Um, my fear—I would draft Robinson in the third, but I would do it with a little bit of fear because I don't trust Urban Meyer not to pick somebody up at some point. If if you know they gave him a, they gave him a passing attempt in this one, he caught a ball and really wasn't able to do much with it. You know, if if he's not really able to do much with the receiving work, that scares me because I think that Urban Meyer may re- reach out to a Duke Johnson or you know, I'm pretty sure Duke Johnson's still a free agent. Um, you know, somewhere, in, you know, with a little bit more of a receiving acumen out of the backfield, especially if you know some of these guys get cut, you'll start to see some. Um, And that's kind of my bigger fear with drafting Robinson that high. I would do it because I'm a a fan of James Robinson because I had him last year. But if you didn't have James Robinson last year, then you're probably liable to make a little bit more of a, 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 you know, a headier decision. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of guys, you know, you seem like you have more of a headier decision on Robinson than I do because I have a little bit of James Robinson in my heart based off of him, me having him last year. I don't know how many how many James Robinsons you owned last year, how many teams, but not one. if you didn't, you're, you're able to use your head instead of your heart to kind of draft them. And, you know, you were kind of saying you had them in a fourth or fifth round.
1: Now, no, no, definitely not the fifth round. I, I think, you know, there's definitely... To me, I have them right behind, you know, in ADP, not talking about my rankings, uh, yeah. you know, because in my rankings, I actually have them RB20. Uh, but in ADP... You have to take him earlier than that. So if you you know you yeah. feel confident, you got to take him earlier than that because he's going yeah. you know he's going before that. So, you know, which I mean, is what
0: makes me nervous yeah. because I don't feel confident hundred percent. Not because of him because I actually I think he's I think he would do basically what he did last year. Yeah. I don't think he would he would, like I don't I don't think Carlos Hyde is good enough that he's going to take a massive amount of touches away wow. from. Him. James no, robinson yeah, no, I, at the same time i don't trust irvin meyer with not bringing somebody in if he's not satisfied with james robinson in the passing game and if james robinson lose passing work and then he's losing you know 20 percent of his carries to carlos hyde he's losing a lot of his his you know he's going to lose a lot of his value uh with you know because the passing work is where he i think he had like he caught forty-two balls last year, somewhere around there. So yeah, I think I think that was the big thing with him is where, um, and maybe even more than that. But I think that was you know that's a lot of what his value is. And so you know you start taking that away, and then you're taking some of his carries away, which he didn't get taken away from last year. You know that's that's really going to hurt James Robinson. You know you draft him in the third round, and now he's getting about. less of the work than what he had last year, he's not going to be able to, you know, maximize his return.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, it's not, I don't want you guys to think that I hate James Robinson because I don't like, I, I don't hate, I don't hate any player. I hate ADPs. Like I, I feel like, Sometimes people go on the deep end for certain players because like Kev said, you know, they helped you win a championship last year or they helped you get into the playoffs when you had no chance or you know maybe they, you know, help you win the semifinal game, you know what I mean, because they blew up and had, you know, X amount of points or or whatever the case may be. Like for me, looking at James Robinson, right? His snap share and opportunity share was just insanely high. And we know that is going down. Like, his opportunity share is not going to be second in the league this year. Like, that's not going to happen. So, his opportunity, if his opportunity share goes down and his snap share goes down a little bit, right, by just, you know, mathematics, his numbers are going to go down. And he was very good last year. Last year he was, what, the number seven, I think we said, running back in fantasy football. So. Yeah, he was 40 catches yeah 49 catches so he was you know in 60 targets so that's a pretty good catch rate considering he got 60 targets he got 49 catches that's great i just think that number goes down and if i think his carry stay around the same you know i think in a in a 17 week season i think he could be right around 250 right if he's around 250 but his catches get down to 25 30 you know Mm -hmm. that's a big production loss you know what i mean so is it possible he, he gets up into that top 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12? Yeah, I definitely think that's possible. But with this Jaguars team, the weapons they brought in, the new quarterback, I just feel like... And that's
0: my thing. With Hyde, I'm
1: worried that instead of going to 250,
0: his his carries go down to about 210. And then he loses some receiving work if they bring in another guy. Like maybe he catches 25 balls like you say. Now he's getting 210 carries and 25 catches. And that's not even, you know, that's not doing anything for what he did last year. That's going to be a complete downgrade from where he was last year. Probably a whole, you know. 15 spots to be honest with you
1: yeah and he missed two games last year so he only had 14 games so the reason i say 250 is because he had 40 last year missing those games not am i am i a psychic i'm not a psychic i i can't tell you that he's gonna play all 17 games but for my rankings and the way i rank things i play like everybody's playing 17 games so because it's just the way you do it um you know i can't no one in the world can predict injuries so when you find me that person that can predict injuries then you know we'll we'll work on you know fixing the rankings but until i have that person i'm just going to rank them like they're all playing 17 so you know i i just feel like robinson is behind you know guys that have more upside because i just don't feel like his upside is as high as deandre swifts or his upside is as high as Miles sanders or his upside is as high as uh you know josh jacobs and i know a lot of people are going to disagree with me with the with the Miles sanders and the josh jacobs but you know to me robinson may lose some goal line tar- carries to Carlos Hyde because Carlos Hyde has always been a pretty good, ru- you know, runner in the in the goal line, you know, goal line situation, short yardage situation. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be a 50-50 split. I think James Robinson probably gets more of those carries. But if, Rob you know, if Hyde gets in there, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to see Hyde score five touchdowns this season. And, and that takes away from what James Robinson is going to do. Um, as where Josh Jacobs could score 15 touchdowns this year, and I would not be surprised at all. You know what I mean? And Miles Sanders could score 12 touchdowns this year, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. You know what I mean? Um, so that's just kind of the way I feel about James Robinson. You know, I like the player. I just don't like the situation. And, you know, everything, you know, I I, I I try to do things in black and white when I'm trying to rank guys because, you know, I could say, oh, the gray area is, you know, he loses a little bit here, he gains a little bit here, and he's blah, blah, blah because, you know, I'm trying to – rose right a rosy scenario to me it's it's pretty cut and dry they brought in a good quarterback finally uh that they've been waiting for and i just don't see how you bring in a trevor lawrence and you know more pass game pass catching weapons to this team to run the ball a whole lot more <laughs> yeah, I mean, like to me it's this team is going to be predicated on lawrence carrying this team as far as he can take them you know, I yep. just I just see a big thing happening there. So in the fourth round, there's actually
0: I was going to say pro- another one is probably DeAndre Swift. I mean, they have him at the ADP at the end of the third. In most drafts that I've been doing, he's been going in the fourth. Um, and you know, at this point, I think it's a lot about the injury, the groin. People not really trusting his, you know, trusting him to stay healthy or, or be ready for the beginning of the season. He'll probably start off slow. Um, You know, for me, I just feel like running backs always have a little bit of a at some point they always have missed games. They always have something. And if it happens at the beginning of the season, you know, I think by the end of the season, DeAndre is going to be turning it on. And, you know, that's when it matters more to me. Mm -hmm. so you know i still have swift at 13 it doesn't scare me i just drafted him the other day and you know i I actually got him in the fourth round but it was like you know middle of the fourth round and i was ecstatic because i've just been high on the guy i think the guy is you know going to be you similar to kamara like i think he's going to be the passing down back he's going to get about 55 to 60 percent of the carries and when you get that kind of work on this team that really has You know, nobody else to throw the ball to. They just cut Brashard Perriman who they paid two million dollars to guaranteed money. So, you know, they they really don't have anybody out there. You know, who are they throwing the ball to? Cephas and Amon Rossing Brown and Tyrell Williams. Like, to me, it's either Swift or TJ Hawkinson. And, you know, in my opinion, I I just think that's gonna cause Swift to have a big year. He might start off slow, but you know, he might he's still gonna finish easily as a top fifteen back for me.
1: Yep. I don't really have anything to add. I think Swift is a good player. Um, in the fourth round, there's actually three guys ADPs that have been uh, that have moved down. Um, and then there's a guy that has moved up. So, um, Miles Sanders is the guy I'll talk about real quick. He's the guy that moved up. I mean, Miles Sanders. Uh, Miles Gaskin is the guy that moved up. Uh, Miles Gaskin, as of last week, was, uh, I think, right in the beginning of the fifth round, like fifth 5.4. Uh, and now he's back up to four ten, so that's a six spot move in a week. That's pretty good. Um, you know, I
0: think cool. a lot of Miles Gaskin is like, I mean, my man, my man probably dipped into the sixth round two weeks ago, and then came back, <laughs> came back with a vengeance. To, you know, in the after the second preseason game, and everybody thought like, oh well, never mind, we were wrong. Yeah. Like people took these preseason games way too literal. When they were, where, you know, when it came to Miles Gaskin, because that first week, everybody was scared shitless. And the second week, my man came out and didn't come off the field on the first drive, was catching balls, was running, you know, looked good, running the ball. Yeah. And everybody just were like, oh, well, we were wrong. We got to move him back up. So, yeah, Gaskin was all completely like, uh, he's been up and down just because people really, like, panicked, overreacted to the preseason.
1: Yeah. So, um like I told you guys when the first week happened it was disturbing to see what happened but I told you guys don't overreact just you know see what happens and you know don't move him down too much don't move him up too much you know what I mean the very next week he has two touchdowns and close to 100 yards total so it's like Mm, Okay, I'm not going to move him up a whole lot because I saw two touchdowns and 100 yards like I didn't move him down a whole lot when I didn't see him touching the ball a whole lot. And I saw Malcolm Brown on the field. So I'm not going to move him up when I see two touchdowns and almost 100 yards against a second team defense because they didn't start any uh, defensive players uh, that week. So, you know, Miles Gaskin to me is a guy that, you know, is priced right where I would take him. I mean, I would like to get him at the end of the fourth, and and uh, you know, if he drops into the beginning of the fifth, and I'm one of those one of those picks, I'd be extremely happy with that. But you know, he, he's going in the fourth round. I, I've done a bunch of drafts and a bunch of mock drafts, and you know, he's he's going basically in the fourth round, middle of the fourth round to the end of the fourth round, depending on you know what draft you're in, and if it's PPR or if it's half PPR, it's, it, you know, he fluctuates a little bit. But you know, that's mainly mainly where he's going.
0: Yeah. Standard is probably dripping into the dropping into the yeah, dripping. He's yeah. probably dropping into the 5th. Yeah. Um in standard, but you know, I was same way. I after the first week I basically said like it's not like Malcolm Brown came in was good. Like he sucked. You know what I mean? So like Yeah. Even right. if they think we're going to go into we're going to go in and this is going to be our committee. Yep. at a certain point you got to say all right, the committee thing not working because our one running back absolutely blows. Yep. So if we're going to do that. We're like they're not going to just say or oh, we're going to keep we're got to go with a committee because that's what we did not, man. They're going to give the ball to the best player and the best player is Miles Gaskin. Yep. You know, and he showed it the following week. So like you said, like I haven't moved him. He's basically been my number 20 running back before it and after it.
1: Yep. All right, so the three guys that are moving down a little bit or I'm sorry, moving Yeah, moving down a little bit. Uh, So Mike Evans, since the beginning of August, really since the middle of July, he was basically in the end of the third round, like right around 3-8. He's dropped all the way to 4-2. So that's like about a 6-7 spot drop that he was because I think he was like 3-6 to 3-8. I can't remember exactly where he was at, but I know he was right in the middle of the third round. Uh, he's going in the early fourth round now, which I think is just a price correction. People are are starting to realize, like, oh, maybe he's not a third round pick, which is awesome. So I like that move down. Uh, the-
0: everywhere, everywhere you listen, or where the where you, everywhere you listen, any podcast you listen to, Mike Evans it was a you know bus candidate because of his numbers from last year and you know what could potentially happen this year if he doesn't score as many touchdowns. Mm,
1: yep. And then the other guys uh, that have moved, uh, you know, down a little bit is Darrell Henderson. Darrell Henderson was all the way up to four uh, one, actually in the beginning of this week. Now he's back down to four oh six, so he's dropping a little bit after the Sony news, uh, which you know me and Kev basically said would happen. Um, I don't really need to get in too much into that. And then the last guy is Julio. Julio was actually going in the beginning of the fourth round uh, in the beginning of this month, and now he's all the way down to four ten. Uh, that one I do want to talk about a little bit because I think that has to do with the injury. He wasn't practicing a lot uh, during the preseason because of an injury, but everything that's coming out of there is, had he had to play a game, he could have played uh, through the injury. But you know, I think we need to, I think we need to consider that Julio, you know is one of those guys that's amazing when he's on the field, but we don't know if he's going to be on the field for 17. He's one of those guys you definitely have a question mark about.
0: I mean, n- yes, to an extent. With Julio, last year being the outlier, typically like you'll have that game time decision tag, and then he'll play. Mm-hmm and you won't really know how hurt he is because he's going to play mm-hmm. and he may just be a fucking decoy and shit the bed for you or he may go out and, and and you know catch seven passes for 112 yards and a touchdown like you just don't you know that's basically been his career if you look at his game, his seasons prior to last year I think he played 16 16 and 15 in in the last 3 years mm-hmm. but those seasons are full of game time decisions where You don't know if he's going to play or sit, uh, or, you know, and if you, you don't really know how hurt he is based off of the news. And like I said, he could come in and just completely shit to bed as a decoy. Um, you know, so that's the, that's always been the biggest thing with Julio, but I I just, he's so talented, man. If you can get this guy to back into the fourth round, he's, he's a steal to me.
1: Yep. I agree. I, I mean, I'm still taking Julio in the beginning of the fourth. Um, and really depending really depending on what my wide receiver uh decision looks like like in front of him right now he has Deontay Johnson uh Cooper Cup obviously you guys know I'm high on Cooper Cup but Amari Cooper Mike Evans if I have to choose between those guys and I'm at pick let's say four or five and I'm looking at it and you know Coop's gone and you know, the, some of the wide receivers that I really like in that range are gone, then I'm most likely am going to be taking Julio Jones at, you know, the middle of the fourth round. Like I'm not going to, you know, I, I think if you are not comfortable with the guys going in front of him, like Amari Cooper and, and Deontay Johnson and, you know, Chris Godwin's going right behind him, you know, if you're not, if, you know, and I've seen Chris Godwin going actually ahead of him in, in a draft uh, just My, yesterday. Yeah. yeah so, You know, these are guys that are in that range, and I feel completely comfortable taking Julio at you know, let's say I have the third pick in the second round, and I have two running backs already, and I have you know a tight end because that's probably what's going to happen. You know, I feel very confident taking Julio as my number one you know wide receiver, and then just working it, working it from there. Um, Yeah, the only
0: one I would have ahead of him is Deontay Johnson because you guys know how high I have him on him. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, he would be the only one I would take ahead of Julio. But I, you know, Godwin Cup. Cooper, you know, C.D. Lamb, all those guys I have um, behind Julio. Mike Evans, he's in the fourth round. I have him way behind Julio.
1: Yep. All right, so looking at round five, uh, we're going to go to round seven, guys, and then we'll do the next seven rounds after that. Well, we'll talk about probably – we'll probably go to, like, round 12 tomorrow. We'll see, you know, kind of where – what guys are moving and shaking and what's going on. But uh, so in this round five, really there's only – two guys that I want to talk about. Um the first one is DJ Moore. Uh DJ Moore went is actually into the fifth round. He was actually going late fourth round. Dude. And and he dropped way down.
0: That is a steal. This dude
1: was like he still got like
0: 7 8 targets the other day from Darnold. I think he caught six passes. Like mm-hmm. he's he he he's not running deep routes like he was before. Mm-mm. But I don't care in a PPR league. This guy could get like 7 catches for 80 yards every week.
1: <laughs> yep. I agree. I I you know, I think that's almost criminal where DJ Moore is going. You know, what I mean, he should be a fourth round pick and for him to be dropping into the 7th is uh you know, that's crazy. I mean, there's a fifth. End of the fifth is is crazy. Uh, The other guy is, well, actually there's two. Javante Williams is all the way up to 505. Um, He basically has been at the end of the fifth round, basically all draft, you know, all off season. And now, you know, when people have seen what he's done in the preseason, they have moved him up. Now he's basically in the middle of the fifth round. Um, You know, I'm not going to be taking Javante Williams in the fifth. I'm hoping that I have two running backs uh, that I'm very confident in and then I can just wait to get, you know, a Raheem Mostert in the sixth round or, a, a, you know, somebody like that as my third running back. Like I'm not going to spend and, and I don't feel confident enough in Javante Williams for him to be my second running back. So if you, you know, if you waited and you're taking Javante Williams as your second running back, then, you know, I think you probably should just go wide receiver and take, you know, like I said, Raheem Mostert as your second guy or you know any of the other guys in this? You know in the next couple of rounds because in the I feel like in the fifth round you're you're passing on guys like Higgins and Claypool and Moore and Ayuk and you know Thielen and Lockett to get this guy and you know I I would rather have any of those wide receivers and just say you know what fuck it I'm just going to take a running back in the sixth round because I'm not going to take Javante Williams or even Kareem Hunt you know in this round over those wide receivers. Um, you know, and even TJ Hawkinson or Mark Andrews is in that round. I, I just don't, don't see it.
0: Yep. Uh, the one guy I would say, I, I th- I'm pretty sure Mark Andrews is falling from the fourth round into the fifth as well. Um, you know, I, it, I don't know why the guy's falling because for me, all the news coming from Jack from Baltimore, is all positive signs for him. You know, his receivers are all hurt. JK Dobbins is now hurt. Like, he's going to be the guy they are throwing the ball to. Like, I don't know why he's dropping because to me, like all the receivers have been hurt. Sammy Watkins got hurt after he was you know, looking good. Hollywood Brown's been hurt all camp. Rashad Bateman got hurt. Like their home, rece- their top three receivers are all banged up. They just lost that JK Dobbins to an ACL injury and now Mark Mark Andrews is dropping, you know, basically a whole round. Like it just makes no sense to me. To me, Mark Andrews deserves to be in the fourth round. I would take him in the fourth round no problem. Um as far as anybody else, uh I feel like Damian Harris is a Damian riser is a, yeah, because yeah. that man was in the 7th round two yep. like a month, you know, 3 3 weeks ago. He was in a 7th round pick. There is a lot of hype on Damian Williams or Damian Harris especially after Sony got traded. Um, you know, I, uh, we don't know how they're going to use Stevenson. You know, obviously he's not going to be the pass catching guy. They're going to use James White. That's a given. That's not changing. We don't know how much they're going to use Stevenson. If Steven comes, Stevenson's coming out and and carrying, you know, 40% of their workload and 60, 40 Harris, I don't think is going to be worth a fifth round pick because, they just aren't going to be running the ball enough the touchdown upside ain't there he ain't going to catch any passes and that's going to make it a little tough um if he's getting you know 75% of the carries compared to stevenson i think now he's really worth that 5th round pick because you know he's he's getting the carries that are going to be able to you know equal out to him being in that range
1: all right, yeah, so I agree with Damian Harris. I mean, Damian Harris is a very good player. Like, you know, we I, I was talking him up in the preseason with, you know, his first game against Washington and just the way, you know, he's looked in this preseason and the way he ended last season. I, I just think he's a good player. And, you know, I, yeah, I love Damian Harris. I, I don't
0: think he's a bad player. Yeah, it's no. just the Patriots just have you know what I mean? It's been years since the Patriots have used one running back.
1: Yeah. But we'll see how it works out. And, you know, in the fifth round, I'm comfortable taking there, him there uh, at the end of the fifth round. I would rather get him in the beginning, middle of the sixth round. But, I you agree. know, it it is what it is at this point. Um, So in the sixth round, there is basically, you know, because if you look at the sixth round, it's T. Higgins, Dak Prescott, Aaron jo- Rodgers, Aaron Jerry Judy, Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon is a mover, but you know we knew that all, all knew that was going to happen with him getting drafted. He, uh, when people learned about him, they were going to start taking him. Uh, Justin Herbert, Odell Beckham, Russell Wilson, Logan Thomas, and that basically rounds out that round. So, you know, really the only two guys that I really want to talk about is T. Higgins and Jerry Judy because uh, basically three weeks ago these guys were going in the seventh round, uh, and now you got them. Um, you know, T. Higgins going six one, which he was not going over Jerry Judy uh, earlier in the the you know, the preseason here or, you know, the you know, beginning of fantasy season, which is basically beginning of July, um, he was not going there. He was actually going in the seventh round and Jerry Judy was actually getting drafted ahead of him. Now he is six oh one and Jerry Judy is six oh four. Um Jerry Judy has gotten a boost since, you know, basically Teddy has become the quarterback, um, uh, because he was basically early seventh round. Now he's you know early sixth round. Um uh, and T Higgins has gotten a boost because how terrible jamar Chase has looked so you know i think at this point both of these guys are still guys that i want on my team like when they were in the seventh round me and kev were going take that all day and be happy like super happy that you're getting these guys where you're getting them and still as a fifth round guy or sixth round guy i feel like both these guys are guys that i want on my team personally like i i try to go out of my fucking way to get T Higgins in every draft and it just seems like somebody's just a little bit, you know, right in front of me that takes him and it kills me. Like he I miss him by a pick or two every time. It's the most annoying thing ever. Uh and then Jerry Judy is a guy that, you know, I I've gotten in one draft so far, you know, paid league. And I was super happy to get him. I got him I actually got him at the end of the sixth round. So I was extremely happy to get him where I got him um but yeah i i just feel like these two guys are are going to be big fantasy producers this year that you know at the end of last season jerry judy was a guy that people were like oh this fucking guy fucked me this year and now you know he's going in in 604 and to me that just tells you you know what he's shown and how teddy can really propel this dude to be a very good player
0: yeah i've been saying teddy was gonna be perfect for for judy um You know, to me, you know, the thing with Judy and Higgins is they really haven't been risers or fallers like that. Um, You know, I think Judy may have been in in the seventh at one point and Higgins may have been, you know, kind of Higgins has kind of been around here. The only one I would say that I like Michael Thomas. We all know why he's, you know, fallen. He's injured and may not play for a while. I've taken Michael Thomas in all three paid leagues that I've drafted in so far because I'm taking a shot. <laughs> Yo, I mean, you get this dude in the sixth round, like, dude, like he's number one wide. He's a, literally could be a top five wide receiver, especially with james at quarterback right now. I absolutely love it. Um, but yeah,
1: real, real quick, so okay, I got to I just kind of put in my two cents. I, I completely agree that Michael Thomas could be a complete steal, but I'm not drafting him in every single one of my leagues, especially all my money leagues, because if he's just a bed for you. That sucks. Like, I, it, I had him last year, and believe me, I I did the same shit. I was like, oh, like, he's going to come back. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be great. He came back and, and immediately got hurt again. Like, it, it was like three weeks he got hurt again. It was like, fuck, man. Like, yeah. And I'm but, not saying it's going to happen again this year. Again.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. My, my thing is – you know,
1: But he also didn't score a touchdown in any of the games he played. No, he did not. Yeah, he, he fucking... Wasn't, he wasn't good. It was I, annoying.
0: I, he was, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he was good last year. I, last year was a, a completely shitty year. Yeah. But if you look at the guy the, two years before that, he was an absolute beast. Yeah. Um, My thing is, like, you probably don't even have to draft him in the sixth. Like, a lot of people were probably waiting until the seventh, and you could probably get him there. That's where I got him. I think I got him in the seventh, the draft I did two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's, like, my third know, um, fourth receiver. I think he's my fourth receiver. And then I got, um, you know, yesterday was a 10-team league. I got him really late in that league. I think I got him in, like, the ninth round. Uh, you know, so he's, like, my fifth receiver in that league. Like, I'm basically just putting the guy on my bench and holding him there. The only league I fucked up in was our league, where I drafted him around early. Yeah. and part of the reason I did that is because it's a keeper league. So it's an opportunity for me to keep him in the fourth round next year. If he turns out to be a good player. Um, and, but I probably could have waited another round and, you know, my, my wide receivers wound up hurting. So I learned my lesson from that league. I'm not drafting him as high in the other leagues, but, um, I am. I'm just taking a gamble and putting him on my rock because frankly, I feel like if he stay, if he gets healthy and he winds up, you know, he's basically, I'm basically drafting him as a bench player anyway. Mm-hmm. So drafting him as a bench player, he's going to sit on the bench. And if he comes back and he's good, he's going to be a complete asset that I can either trade or throw in my lineup. Um, and that's going to work out for me. Yeah. Um, the other one I want, but so we, you know, I really didn't want to talk about Michael Thomas that much, but, uh, Raheem Boster to me is a guy that's been really rising because he's definitely, he was in the Melvin Gordon territory within the seventh round. And he's now like going at the top of the sixth. Um, I don't know why, because, <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. And, like, I know they've been the game. Him. Huh?
1: It's because they've been shelving him. They are yeah. treating him like the starter. Like, he has yeah. not played in the preseason at all.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, it was just so much hype around Trey Sermon. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I just, he hasn't He's obviously their starter. I think everybody knew that, though. I don't think that was, like, a, a, a big, I don't think that was a secret. I just think that people were so high on Sermon that they were like, "Oh well, you know, most, you know, we're putting moster behind us." But you know, I really don't know what's changed from three weeks ago, um, because we saw him the other day. His, his ADP didn't move that much in one day, so like, I just don't know what's changed that much. But I will say he deserves to be a six round pick after what we saw the other day because he's going. Even with Garoppolo, we know this running this the system that Kyle Shanahan sets in place is a great system for running backs. And if you put Trey Lance back there, dude, remember the year RG three was rookie of the year. He was ridiculous in the read option. Guess who his running back
1: was? Yep, uh, uh, Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris. Yep. He was. Like Guess how many yards he.
0: He had sixteen hundred yards rushing. Yeah, he led he led the league in rushing like, that year. Sixteen hundred yards from mm-hmm. Alfred Morris. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you put Raheem Mostert, who has more speed. You know what I mean? Able to get outside. If this dude stays healthy, like he could be a league winner. I'm not even lying. In the sixth round, Raheem Mostert, if he stays healthy, could be a league winner.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't really have anything to say about Mostert. He's been going in the sixth round basically all. All off season. I don't think it's really. I,
0: I thought I've seen him in the seventh because he, like I said, he's been. You know, we're going to talk about Melvin Gordon or You know, Melvin Gordon's now in the seventh, mm-hmm. and I always him and Melvin Gordon to me always were very similar. So it was either back into the sixth or early seventh. Mm-hmm. You know, he's all the way at the top of the six now, so people are really getting high on Raheem Mostert. Yeah,
1: uh, other than that, there's not really anybody else in this round. No, uh,
0: seventh. Um, so is in this round but okay. he's, going he's, yeah, he's, he's going to be up. he's going and we
1: play. all know why we don't need to really get round pick, and it's all said and done yeah michael carter is going around seven and he's
0: dropped a little bit he was a six-round pick jamar chase was a fifth round pick he's dropped a lot. both of those both of those i think we know why you know chase has had to drop issues the lack of separation we're hearing all that out of camp so you know I think Jamar Chase to me is kind of a, a stash at this point. You're drafting him. He's actually, if you're drafting in the seventh, I like it because you're able to draft him and, like I said, stash him a little bit, kind of like Jefferson last year, and then hope that after three weeks, that something clicks in his freaking brain and he turns it on and becomes the player he was at LSU. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Carter, Carter's in a committee, so he's you know falling. Uh, Devonte Smith fell a whole round. Um, I think a lot of that was because of the injury. Uh, you know outside of that um know, i don't know any movers necessarily antonio brown's risen in the class since the beginning because he was a ninth round pick he's now a yeah. top seventh round yeah, people are starting to realize like this dude was getting as many targets as godwin and evans last year at the end of the season
1: yep
0: and he's got to be he's, he's definitely worth a higher pick than you know Round
1: nine, yeah, definitely. Really, the only guy that I was, I was really looking at because Gus, I don't consider, you know, it, the the injury is too Gus fresh for ADP yeah. to change. Gus,
0: yeah, we can't, we can't look at that. I mean, yeah, he's going to changed
1: a lot because he was actually like a yeah. tenth round pick, so he's gone up yeah. three rounds in a, in, a, in, a, in basically four days, which is insane. Because yeah. this is an accumulative of, you know, let me look. Uh, this is the accumulative of since between August 29th and August thirtieth. So actually, mm-hmm. this is just you know basically past two days uh he's jumped up a lot and he's probably going to jump up more he's probably going to be you know end of the fifth beginning of the sixth round guy uh when it's all said and done um but antonio brown is the one guy that i will talk about because like kev said he he went from the ninth round to the seventh round um and i've seen him go as early as the sixth round uh but you know a guy that like Kev said, he's going to get targets. He's he's on a good offense. Tom Brady loves to throw it to him. Uh, Tom Brady has actually said that. You know, what I mean, I I love mm-hmm. that I throw to Antonio Brown for so many years. I was, you know, we were on teams against each other, and I saw how good he was, and I always wished to myself that this guy was on my team. And now that he's on my team, it's it's a you know it's a pleasure to throw to him. So you know, just you can't say much more than that. <laughs> you know what I mean, like. You know, when you, you've you been in the league as long as Tom Brady is, you recognize, you're you able to recognize talent and guys, how they move and get open. And Antonio Brown has always been a guy that's able to get open against every kind of coverage. So, you know, he's just going to get a bunch of targets. And I like yep. Antonio Brown, you know, even where he's going. You know, I don't think he's going too early. No, I you would know. snatch him up. I would snatch him up here. No yep. problem. No problem.
0: Uh, um, another another faller is Kenny Galladay. Yep. Um, that's because of the injury. Yep. Um but I think Kenny is a great value here because he's number one wide receiver on that team. And, you know, bar, like you're not drafting him to be a number wide a wide receiver two or wide receiver one. You know, you he's, bas- he's not, you're not even really drafting him to be your flex. You're probably able to get a, a – a, you know, another flex option in there uh, without having to play him. And you can kind of let him sit there, stash him for a little bit. Hopefully he gets healthy and has a good rapport with Daniel Jones and, you know, kind of plays the way he was with Detroit. So I I think Kenny Galladay is a good pick in the, in the seventh. You know, fifth round was a little bit tough because, you know, that offense may be a little rough. But seventh round, he might be worth it in that area.
1: Yep, I agree. Um, and then that basically for me rounds yes. it off for the seventh round. And then we, like I said, we'll continue yeah. with the eighth round tomorrow Yeah, and we'll go. Probably I'm looking in these later rounds. We'll probably go into the 12th round because after that it starts getting into a bunch of kickers and it starts getting into, you know, a bunch of, you know, later tight ends. So I'm not really going to, we're obviously, we're not going to talk about the kickers and all that. So. Yeah. We'll do it until the end of the twelfth.
0: Yep. All right, guys. Uh, real quick before we wrap it up, too, because I saw a question that was posed. I think on one of the Facebook pages that I'm in uh, for fantasy football, and it was kind of interesting because I thought we could discuss it really quick on the on the podcast. Um, I know we we definitely went longer than what we wanted to in this podcast, but uh, the question was, if you're in multiple fantasy leagues, how do you draft, um, you know, with, uh, with, re- with respect to guys that you like and don't like, you know what I mean? Where there are you, for instance, you have the num- the three pick, are you taking Alvin Kamara in every league? If he's there, if he's your number three running back, or are you spreading the wealth around? Um, maybe one league you get Kamara, one league you get Zeke, one league you get Cook. You know what I mean? Just to spread it out in case of an injury happening so that you don't derail your season. or And, you know, you don't derail every fantasy league if Kamara gets hurt, so to speak. Um, you know, I, I saw that question and I thought it was interesting because I actually look at it this way. My first three rounds, I really don't like drafting guys that I have on other fantasy teams. I like going in different directions because, to me, those first three rounds are the rounds that could kill you. Especially the first two. Three, eh, but I still like trying to get a different player in round three. After that, I just draft the players that I've liked. So, Tyler Lockett, I would take him on every team. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup or Robert Woods or Deontay Johnson, I would take those guys on every team. Um, fourth round, guy, you know, running backs that I've liked. You know, I like Jacobs. I like Gaskin. You know, I would take those guys on every team. Uh, simply just because, like, I don't think fourth and fifth and sixth round picks kill you. I think you're able to find value in other areas that could you know fill in for those those guys in there but i feel like if you lose your your first round pick second round pick or maybe third round pick to an injury um that can kind of derail your season so i like those to be separated but the rest of my draft um i'll just draft the guys that i like i don't care if i have them, you know how many teams i have them on
1: yeah, it's, it's, see, this question's a little bit hard to answer because you're not going to have the three pick in every one of your drafts,
0: so... No, obviously not, but, yeah. like, so, let's say you're... All right, so, for instance, like, I have Saquon Barkley ranked as my fourth running back. We talked about it earlier.
1: Yeah.
0: He's obviously going later than... He's going number 12 right now. Mm-hmm. So let's say in my drafts I have pick six, eight, and ten. Mm-hmm. And Saquon Saquon could legitimately be there for every one of those picks. Yeah. If I was to draft based on how on my how high I feel, I would tra- draft Saquon in every league. Mm-hmm. But if Saquon goes down, my whole season, you know, my my three fantasy leagues probably go down the toilet as well. And that's more that's more where it is. Like it's it's. I don't think you're like Aaron Jones is probably one of those guys that could be in that discussion where yeah. you might be able to get because I know you're high on Jones, so like. Mm-hmm if you are sitting there at six, eight and 10 and Jones is there at every pick, are you going to take Jones at, at every one, or are you going to spread the wealth around maybe draft Saquon one, or Taylor, another, or
1: I probably you know, take Eckler. Jones and at least two. So let's say we're doing three, let's just leave it at yep. three teams. So if we have it three teams, I'm probably taking Jones and at least two of them because if he's my highest ranked player, I, I just feel hot. I feel confident in my own rankings. So I'm just going to do that. And then one team I'll be like, okay. Yeah. You know I mean, I, I have this guy, I have Ezekiel Elliott right behind him. Obviously, Zeke's not going in those picks. But, you know, I might say, you know, if I have 6, 8, and 10, at 6 and 8, I'll take Aaron Jones. And then at 10, I'll try to take Kelsey or Devontae Adams. Just because, you know, the way I have it ranked. And if those guys are there at 10, you know, I feel a lot better about taking them. But in 6 and 8, I'll probably just take Aaron Jones twice. Yeah. Um, now, let's say, for some ungodly reason, I get the number one overall pick. I'm taking CMC in every draft. I'm not, I'm not switching. I'm not moving. Not and if I have the number two pick three times in a row, I'm taking Alvin Cook three times in a row. Like I, I feel that strongly that those two guys are head and heels over everyone else, and that's just what I'm gonna do. It is what it is. Um, after that, I might deviate from. You know, I might say, okay, I'll take. You know, at three, I'll take Alvin Kamara twice, and then the third time, I'll take. Aaron Jones because I had, he's my number four. So, you know, I might have two, you know, two McCarrick, uh, you know, Kamara's and one Aaron Jones. Um, but for the most part, I, I stay pretty much with my ranks because I, I look at fantasy like this. Like, I, you know, I obviously we don't, nobody likes getting their, their season derailed by a player, but I look at it like, if my first two round guys are done for the season, I'm going to have to work my ass off to even make the playoffs. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, and I don't mind doing that work. Like I don't mind making trades and, and doing all that stuff and figuring out, okay, if I trade this guy, I can get these two pieces and turn those two pieces into, you know, this guy added with one of my pieces. Like I, that's kind of the way I work. Like as soon as there's an injury, I'm immediately starting to think how I'm going to rearrange my team to make it a possible playoff contender, because I look at fantasy football like it's your job to make the playoffs. Anything that happens while you're in the playoffs, you have no idea. You have no fucking idea if your team is going to be the team that blows up and wins. But if you ain't in the playoffs, then you ain't got no chance. So make the playoffs and then worry about what happens in the playoffs when you get there. So that's kind of the way I, I, I try to work it. You know, and I know that's not always easy, and you're not always going to have that scenario. You know, you're not going to have guys that are, people are going to want to trade for it. Sometimes, you I know, mean, you just have some injuries yeah. and it fucks you. But that's kind of the way I look at it.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I was in the similar position the other day. Um, you know, in our league uh, that we did, you know, last Wednesday I drafted Saquon first round. This draft, that I did the other night, I was staring down Aaron Jones and Saquon. Uh, I think I had the seven pick. I had Aaron Jones and Saquon, you know, were the two running backs that were left because I think Chubb went a little earlier. Uh, I think somebody took Chubb ahead of both of them. So I took Aaron Jones because I do like to spread the wealth. I don't I don't want all my teams derailed if I took, you know, and I love Saquon. You know, I have him in number four, but I don't want to go down <laughs> with this ship with Saquon and have to do the work. I don't yeah. want to have to do the work. Yeah. I'm hoping fucking Saquon Barkley stays healthy, so I ain't got to work too much during this fantasy season. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say I won't do the work, but you know, I just would rather, you know, give myself multiple opportunities because you know, even with doing the work, you're probably still putting yourself in number 6 or 5, you know what I mean? And at that point it's like like you said, you you kind of need you know, the luck to wind up winning it for you. But, uh, yeah, so I wound up with Aaron Jones. Um, but I was actually wondering because Saquon is dropping so much. And if you go on my, my last draft is on labor day and it's, it's an online draft. And if you go online, Saquon is like the number 15th player in half PPR. And I'm almost guaranteed that I'm going to wind up seeing this dude at the 12th pick where I'm drafting. And I'm like, I, I think I'm going to have to take him there. But I already have them, and I'm just like, uh, this dude better not freaking go down with an injury if I wind up getting them in two fucking
1: leagues. Yep. But uh, all right, yeah. y'all. All
0: right, guys. So that wraps up tonight's podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow uh, with the other what four or five rounds of you know risers and fallers. Um, so until then, peace out, guys.
1: Peace.